everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Class 1A Podcast. My name is Andrew Nimsgren, and alongside me, I have Dylan Beal and James Graham with me, as always, to break down everything that happened in Episode 3 of Season 5, Clash, Class 1A versus Class 1B, finally getting to the moment, or at least kind of the arc that we've all been waiting for that's been teased this entire offseason. And do you guys think, from the little, little, little bit we got today, is it going to live up to the hype? I think it is. It's it, like, how can it not? It's just a bunch of fights together. I think every time this comes up in the show of where it's just like students versus students in some sort of capacity, it's always really good. Yeah, I don't think you can really go wrong. Like, I mean, my hero has successfully done fight scenes this entire time. You're not going to screw it up at this point, And now we're just going to get a ton of them back to back. This is like, this is exactly what you want. This is what you wanted to my hero. And yeah. we're getting quirk reveals, right? So like, yeah. like how, how is that not hype? I think we know like five, six-ish quirks from class one B, kind of from the horse races. I mean, so you don't know for sure that they're from class one. Like there's just so many things we yeah. don't know about it that we're still calling people in this episode that I'm we're gonna reference them as Mushroom Girl, Sasquatch Man. <laughs> like we have <laughs> names and they have like actual hero names, quirks and all that kind of stuff, but like we still have so little interaction, even though we do know their actual names. We're calling them by that because they're so unrecognizable despite being the real rivals to class 1A, which is so cool that we're finally going to get that. And five back-to-back-to-back fights in over probably four or five episodes. It's going to be so, so cool. But before I do jump into the recap, if you guys do enjoy this My Hero content or any other My Hero content, we're now on TikTok, we're on Twitter, we're on Instagram, we're on YouTube. Make sure to follow us wherever you want. It is going to be class 1A or class 1A pod on all those platforms. Most of you guys are, though, however, watching us on YouTube or listen to us on podcasting services. So if you do enjoy watching videos more and seeing our beautiful faces, make sure to go to the YouTube account, like, subscribe, leave comments and interact with us there. Otherwise, if you want to listen to us on the go, we are always available on podcasting services the exact same time every single Saturday. So you can go over there, leave a five-star review, and listen to us while you're driving to work, working whatever you want to do. But with that, let's jump into the Season 5, Episode 3 recap, Class Clash. Class 1A versus Class 1B. It starts off with the short version of the vested shape conversations that we got from the end of season, I mean, episode two. Pretty much took up half the episode two. This was only about a minute, minute and a half long. Then we get the opening credits, and it goes to seeing Ariyama checking in with Dory after waking up in the glass shattering. Pretty much asking if he's holding something in and if he hasn't had enough cheese. But it just kind of jumps over to Midoriya being unable to sleep and going for a run. And then it does do a little bit of a time jump to going and seeing him talking to All Might about the Vestage Shade and everything that happened. All Might is able to give him a little bit of an insight into what the Vestage Shade is because he's talked to it a little bit with his predecessor and he's experienced it a little bit, but never quite to the extent that Deku has as the first holder had never talked directly to All Might and that seemed as a very big shock to him. During the scene, we do get a little bit of a flashback to seeing All Might talking to his mentor about the Vestages pretty much explaining what they are, which are really just the feelings of those who were before that cultivated the quirk and kind of the lingering effects of that within the quirk so that the users, current users, are able to talk to them. It's still not super clear, but we get a little bit more information of what kind of causes this. After kind of going back to it, there is another brief mention of quirk singularity theory from Deku that he took away from the first user saying you pass the point of singularity kind of refreshing us on what that is. We talk about that later after the recap, but it's super interesting that they've brought that up now in season four and season five now. And all my pretty much just ending the conversation with, I don't know much else besides what you've experienced, 
but trust the power, trust those users. After that, we see All Might and Deku leaving the office, but they run into Shinzo and Aizawa leaving the office the same exact time. Little bit of an interaction there, but Aizawa pretty much just stares at Deku to tell him to go and warm up early. After that, we do jump over to Field Gamma, which is one of the training grounds, where we get uh, to see all of Class 1A talking about their new winter outfits, um, pretty much just how it's changed, and then Class 1B shows up. We get an introduction slash reintroduction to all of those in Class 1B, depending on how much we know, like Kendo and Monma, we know some of them, but we get the full names with along with the picture of everyone in Class 1B. Monoma does his normal thing until Aizawa chokes him out and tells him to pretty much shut up. Shinzo is introduced as a special participant for this training and talks about how he's not here to make friends, but to become a hero because he's trying to transfer in to the hero court. We find out that this training is going to be four on four fights, with some being four and five due to Shinzo being there being an uneven number of people. The winner is going to be the first team to capture four members of the opposing team into a cute little cell. And then after that, um, we do get to see a little bit of the first fight. I don't want to dive too much into that because we'll probably get a recap of it next episode and the continuation of it. But we do get to see the first fight with a couple of people um, from Class 1A and Class 1B. Pretty much it just shows a little bit of Coda doing recon. And then they're attacked by two members of Class 1B. Um, we learn that, most importantly, that Shinzo is able to use his mask to make himself sound like others now. And he does that to uh, brainwatch Class 1B's Sasquatch man. And that is where the episode ends with that big reveal to everyone being able to see that's how it works. So before we get into the kind of special little topics, what are our overall thoughts on the episode? Is it better than the last episode? Is it setting up what we wanted to? Is the fights what we thought it was going to be? Just kind of general thoughts before we go into the specific topics. I think I'm just really hyped about Shinzo, to be honest. The 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 reveal of like his new equipment and I don't know. It's just so hype. I want to see it in action, see how he uses it with, um, we got a scene a little bit earlier with Aizawa, uh, his wraps around Shinzo. I want to see all of that used at once. So I'm hyped. Yeah. My, my phone background has been like the promo area for Shin was released. Like I'm like, that's how hype I've been to see him in action with his mask and stuff like that. Um, cause as soon as that piece of art came out, it was like, oh, what does this do? Like, what, it, like, what is this about? You know what I mean? And then to see it like like you get it first episode that he's introduced, you get to see it in action, which I think is sick, right? And I think it just adds to the overall aesthetic of of Shinzo, like not being a villain but still looking like a villain. Like he looks more and more villainous as like as he develops as a character. But like I mean, it's great to see that you know he's still very rooted, and I want to be a hero, and I'm taking no prisoners getting there, right? Like no, like it, it was great to have Shinzo back. I'm stoked about it. Yeah, I think that was all really great. I think the setup, and I, I think the pacing for this episode was kind of what I expected it to be too. Like every other episode, I feel like it was over in a moment where this one, I kind of knew where it was going to end, which I really did enjoy is that, yep, we get kind of the follow-up of the Vestige talk because that was such a heavy one from last chapter with All Might. Then we get to see what all the teams are, which we can talk about later now because we see all the actual matchups, a couple of either people or fights we're excited to see. And then also we get to finally see a little bit of action. It wasn't too much. But at least we get to see that, like, okay, there's not going to be another, like, filler episode before the fights. They're like, nope, next episode is going to jump right back into this fight. We might get a second fight, that one. And, like, now we're really into the action. No more setup. No more long vestige conversations. We're here to fight, which I'm very excited that we're finally getting to that point and that this episode set that up entirely. But I guess the first really good topic for us to talk about, because there's a couple things within it that we can't, but kind of moving over to the Vestige talk 
and what we got today between All Might and Deku, a little bit of the flashback, and even the Quirk Singularity Theory we can throw in here a little bit as well, because that was during the whole season. Dylan, you're kind of the Quirk Singularity guy, so I'm just going to give you this whole overall conversation wherever you want to take this message conversation. Yeah, so I think the important little bit to talk about is All Might's experience and Deku's experience with the vestiges. So essentially, Deku is going to All Might and saying like, hey, what's what's going on with these like weird like ghost dreams I'm having? And All Might's like, oh yeah, that's totally normal. I had them too. And when Deku starts explaining like, oh yeah, I'm like interacting in this world, he's like, oh, that's not how it happened for me. So I, I, I think that is like a pretty good thing to note because it either means one of two things. It means All Might just like didn't have like a strong connection to whatever it is, which I, I don't know, would it make as much sense because he's really powerful with the with the ability? Um, or it means Deku is special in some way that we don't know. Well, um, on top think... of being special, something before you go on in too deep, he Deku did try to connect Shinzo to the Vestigate a little bit during this chapter, saying that the first time he ever saw the Vestiges was when he was brainwashed. So we don't know if that was a coincidence or if that was some kind of opening, like mind awakening for Deku there as well. So that could be something that never happened to All Might, happened to Deku, but go on. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I totally agree. But there is like some special like variable with Deku. So I, I think the big thing is just figure out how is he different than All Might? Um, and, you know, it could have been the brainwashing. It could have been like, you know, <laughs> like he probably had to unlock his third eye or something like crazy, like, yeah, I totally agree with the whole thing. I mean, everything there. I mean, I thought it was super interesting that, like, yeah, All Might never went through it. Like, I mean, up to this point, All Might's been able to answer pretty much every single question. I mean, there hasn't been anything that he's been unsure of. So kind of seeing that, like, oh, yeah, like, no, that's weird. <laughs> like, uh, he never talked directly to me kind of shows that, obviously, Deku's the main character. Obviously, he's going to be different in some way. But kind of figuring out what that is going to be and how that's going to impact Deku that All Might didn't experience because we saw what All Might could be with just itself but if Deku has a more close connection to those with previous if that means something ultimately teasing some kind of quirk revelation that we've been waiting for for so long but as all far as we know All Might only has his superpower super strength all that kind of stuff but we've been teased Deku having multiple quirks since that last movie and if that could have some correlation to this yeah, and, and the big thing to note, we get, like, an extrapolation of, like, what the quirk is. And, like, obviously, Andrew, we'll, we'll cut this out if, if I'm going a little bit too deep on this one. But I'm pretty sure we know all this information. Um, it's a stockpiling quirk of, like, you stockpile energy, and that's why you can punch really hard. And then it takes it a step further. It's, like, you're stockpiling emotions, too. And that's yeah. why you're seeing these vestiges, which is wild. I think that is a wild explanation for it and it rules it rules so much it's like oh yeah we just we feel emotions so strongly and we're stockpiling them and then you get put as like a ghost into this ghost world that's really cool it's so stupid when you say it out loud that like it rules yeah it, it really does make no sense james what are your thoughts on all this i mean like yeah it was it, it was i don't know man like it, it, whenever i see the vestige thing it always goes back to and this might just be me. Maybe this is because I like I have like an in, like an initial like dislike for Deck, or I don't have a dislike, but I'm just like he's the main character. It's all gonna be better. But I want to know about the other people. I want to know about all these people who were introduced. I want to know about the people that were like blacked out that he can't see, and he talked about how for whatever reason All Might's kind of blurred out himself. Um, which of course, like like Dylan said, All Might really doesn't have any answers for any of this because this is all like completely foreign territory to him. 
But I just want to I want to learn more about these guys because I mean we it's cool that we get to learn a bit about the first and stuff like that and they had that conversation, but it's just it's just opening more questions and it's it's weird to have such like a uh, to me it feels like a, such a major plot line kind of sidetracked for a bunch of fight scenes but it might be the most my hero thing that's that, that happens so I'm not against it either yeah and then I, I totally agree with all that and just kind of thinking about it now just setting up the one obviously probably because All Might's alive this might be why he's not in yeah. fully in the vested state so just kind of thinking about a far far future moment of like if All Might dies and then Deku goes back to the Vestige State and they get that one last conversation in the Vestige State, this is setting up for such a sad but cool moment years from now in the anime. So that is something that I just kind of thought of off the top of the head that you know they're going to do something like that of Deku talking to All Might when he's dead in the Vestige State. Yeah, and I, I want to circle back to the Quirk Singularity thing is because they keep, they brought it up at the end of last season. They brought it up again this season. Like, they're they're dropping a lot of hints that it's going to be important maybe soon or something i don't know like there there has to be a reason why they, they just keep talking about it because before this i think they like briefly mentioned it like a long time ago and then it was like two big references one at the end of last season one in this one so i'm wondering is like do you think like that is like end game territory for the anime or like do you think that's going to come up at all or like what, what do you what do you all think i mean we got to think that it's got to be end game at best i mean because it's talking about when people with quirks have more kids with quirks their quirks get more complex and stronger so this is a generation thing and the reason it came up in season four was because the kids having such strong quirks already it doesn't talk about mutation of quirks or anything like that so it's not like one day we're just expecting half a class 1a to mutate into more complex or stronger quirks it had to be future generations and deku isn't going to be fighting children anytime soon i'm assuming so it'd have to be a far 20, 30-year jump before it yeah. really goes into effect because generations have to pass in order for these quirks to develop. I mean, maybe they're teasing something about Deku because they said you pass a point of singularity is that maybe something might happen with Deku, again, going back to additional quirks being a possibility with them. But the theory as a whole doesn't make sense in this show. It would make sense in a next-generation show. Goddamn Boruto shit. But pretty much yeah but yeah no no i think it's it would it's gonna have to be when like it to me because when i when i hear mutation it's not so much like they're like these 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 quirks are going to develop like in their current users it's their offspring right and they're all like because we already like todoroki is like the like the initial epitome of this like quirk singularity thing starting to happen right where you take two very potent quirks and put them together and then you have something even crazier but like this is going to be like Deku as a full-grown adult dealing with, uh, you know, villains of like a you know the of his younger generations that are like issues like basically, in All Might Deku fighting a future generation Shigaraki or something like that. You know what I mean? Like that's where you're gonna see this quirk singularity thing becoming an issue. I don't think it's an issue now, but it definitely will be like maybe two three generations, maybe past Deku's Deku's I don't know like lifespan. Like who knows, right? But it's I mean, so think... interesting that they keep bringing it up now, though. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It, it is. It's weird, right? It feels it, like to me, it almost feels out of place. But I think it's just tied to the fact that it, we're seeing we're getting so much information with the vestiges and stuff like that, that it has to be talked about. But I, I don't I, I personally don't feel that it's crucial to the initial storyline of him going to fight class 1B. I don't think I don't yeah. think that it has anything to do with that. But it's it's just weird that it's like being like constantly gone back over 
I, I think so. As we were talking about it, I think that answers like a, a big question of um, it's always talked about like, is there going to be a time skip to like Deku being an adult doing like, you know, full power stuff? And the answer we always like kind of come to is no, because that's boring because he's just all might and he could solve any problem because he's all powerful with his 100%. I think this answers the question though of if you have these like future generations or whatnot um, that are able to have these crazy quirks because, you know, they're out of control that maybe is the answer to like the time skip question of, yeah, it actually could be an interesting um, setup is because he might be at hundred percent, but you have these, these quirks that are like, you know, multiple layers deep at this point. Like you have four incredibly powerful quirks working together that, you know, you will need like all might level Deku to, to take that on. So um, I, I, I think that that could be a little bit interesting and maybe something we should put in our back pockets. Oh yeah. yeah. I don't agree. But I think with that, unless there's anything else we want to talk about, I say, we move over to talking about class one versus class B begins. I mean, we get a kind of a quick introduction to all the class one B students and we get to see the team. So I'm going to open the floor to any of you. We don't know too much about class one B, so it's harder to kind of pick out fights. We're really interested in, but is there anyone from class one B that just based off of their appearance that you want to know more about mushroom girl? I want to know about mushroom girl. <laughs> What's her deal? Uh, what 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 is the mushroom ability i want to see it because she has like a I her first int introduction was just like her with like the big bob cut or whatever like her hair yeah. literally looks like a mushroom and then we see that her costume is it just she has like mushroom like skirt and like a like a little hat like mushroom hat i want to know what this is <laughs> it looks so cool i want to see the person because i don't they don't i don't think they reveal a gender for them but the uh the comic book the one that talks in like only like quotes and stuff like find out their first name's manga, which I think is like pretty sick. Uh, I want to, I want to see what that's all about. I don't, I want to know if it's like gimmicky. I want to know if they're effective. Like it's, they just have such like a outlandish appearance that it, it really, it really interests me. Um, the other, the other one I really want to know about is, and we've already, we already seen him in the, the forest arc is uh, the buddy with weld um he's got he's always got the headband i can't remember his name off the top of my head but he was he was always like a guy i don't know i was like drawn to he looks kind of cool and stuff like that so those are those are the two big ones for me what about you andrew who you got who you got on your list i mean i guess there's something to kind of remember is that there are two people in class 1b that got in off of recommendations so i'm assuming we might get an idea of who that's going to be because we learned that there's four that got in we know that two are in class 1a assuming the other two are in class 1b right so figuring out who they are and we have to assume they're on the same power level of Todoroki and Momo, or at least of intelligence or mastery of their quirk. So seeing who they are is, I think, going to be super interesting. Obviously, seeing the both Shinzo fights, we got to see a little bit in this episode. But seeing the Shinzo versus Deku rematch is something that I'm very, very excited for because how different their quirks are. But you know that it's still going to be an intense showdown. And probably the first time we'll get to see him have to use some of Aizawa's... Uh, Finding wraps, wraps, I'm assuming. Yeah. But, I mean, outside of that, I, I'm just excited to see so much of Class 1B. I mean, I, I'm definitely excited about Mushroom Girl and learning more about her. Um, Sasquatch Man, I mean, you got to see the images there, but we actually got to see him in the fight a little bit there. So, I, I did like getting to see that. But, otherwise, I just want to know more about Class 1B because there's going to be cool characters and quirks that we just don't even know because they've been holding it in for this moment that is just going to come out and just be mind-blowing. Yeah, I, I think... 
I think I was sleeping on class one uh, B for a really long time until we got the image of the full lineup of them in their hero costumes. Yeah. That instantly sold me, and I was like, "Yes, I'm excited to see these fights now and figure out what their quirks are because they like they're they're considered like a, there was a discussion at the beginning that like academically and training wise they're actually a little bit better overall than class one A, which is insane to think about because you have is some of the strongest like heroes just possible like not just in the school but just strongest heroes in that class so yeah i want to see i want to see what they can do no i absolutely agree and i guess kind of looking through like the class 1a combinations like i don't think there's any super teams here which i think they obviously did it on purpose and there aren't any matchups that i'm super interested to kind of see i mean obviously um there's a cool couple pairings here but obviously seeing how bakugo does with his teammates. I mean, the Deku, Uravity, Pinky, and Grape Juice combination is whatever. Well, that's, that's a God tier team. That, that is not a God tier team. That's a meme squad. That is a meme squad. Uraraka punched herself in this episode thinking about Hagakure, so she's not in her best spot. Deku's yeah, an a, idiot. We had Pinky, a boo flashback. Like, we did have a boo flashback <laughs> in this episode. I mean, Mineta is just going to be staring at the girls from Class 1B the entire fight. Pinky's probably the only actual useful person in this entire team of actually fighting against class 1b let's be honest here so i mean yeah i think the class 1a combinations are super cool but i think class b are gonna definitely have some really cool like power core combinations that we don't even know about but anything else about this but until the fights where you get in there's not too much we can dive in but i think each episode going forward we're going to be breaking down class 1b's quirks and all that kind of stuff as we learn more about them but anything of the overall fight arc that's coming up that you guys want to talk about yeah so i i assume the breakdown for the episodes is we have how many fights we have like five of them five fights yeah. I, I feel like it's going to be the same as every other time we get a matchup like this so i'm thinking back to the students versus the teachers on how we had those matchups so i assume the cadence is going to be the same of there's going to be like two of these or two or three of these that are going to be full episodes and they might crunch a couple of them together so maybe in, ter yeah. in terms of like what to expect for length probably not more than five, five probably five at the very most right yeah I, i'd say I three, three, well, I I'd say three more though. after that though i think we're going to get the conclusion of this fight and another fight next chapter and then i think the deku fight's probably going to be its own chapter and so i think round one and two are going to be an episode three and four are going to be an episode and then deku is going to have his own episode he's the main character so of course he gets additional time i think that's how it goes okay I think that makes sense, though. So three more chapters, four total for this arc, which makes that yeah. a little bit of a wrap-up afterwards. I was going to say, the next one. it really depends on how long they want to make this arc, because you can, I think, I think this is one of the few instances where you could probably stretch this out and nobody oh, yeah. would be upset about it, you know what I mean? Like, it, it won't feel dragged on because you have so many new characters, you have so much new, new, like, interactions and stuff like that, that if this, like, I mean, at least for me, if this arc went longer, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be mad about it, right? But I do want I do want to bring up the 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 winter drip the winter editions of some of their hero costumes and like the, you know they talked about Deku's being the most decked out because he had the most changes to it but he like the guy just added a bunch of accessories that don't really do it for him now my boy Bakugo though yes the all black dude the all black he looks so cool he, he does. does he look he looks sick man he looks sick and they even they even give kirishima like sleeves now and that's it he's still got the he's got the, still got the exposed chest but he's got like black sleeves now like him the, those three like those two plus denki like they all look they all look sick man yeah the, the bakugo crew rolling yeah. in with all the new uniforms just looks so cool 
Yeah. They give Momo a cape, which yeah, I thought Momo's was got cool. a cape. Uh, Mina's got like a little like Attack on Titan, like half leather coat. Pretty much <laughs> yeah. is all it is. It just covers like her sleet arms and like pretty much down to her boots. And then it's just her normal outfit down. So it's, yeah, I was not too many other people had made like Shota looks exactly the same. Ida looks the same. Maybe Shoji changed a little bit, but to be honest with you, I don't pay enough yeah, attention to Shoji to know if his outfit actually changed. So not yeah, too yeah, many other. A lot of them did stay the same. Which yeah. makes sense. They already kind of worked for all situations, but I agree. Bakugo, by far, best upgrade. Deku's was cool, but I, I like Mina as the second best. Even Bakugo, even over Deku's update, upgrade. Her crop top jacket, yeah, yeah. it works. Mm-hmm. It, it works, works for her. But, all right. Last thing to talk about is how cool Shinzo's going to be now. Like, just, like, he's a badass. I mean, we're assuming that he's able to use Aizawa's uh, binding wraps. And now he has a mask that allows him to turn into whatever voice he wants to. He's kind of what we picked up from this chapter. Does that not make him one of the hardest people, I think, with real training to beat in class 1A or B? Yeah, it's, I think so. I think it's like, it's the, I think he still runs in the same problem with, as Aizawa, which is how is he at hand to hand? You know what I mean? Like Aizawa, like, has experience and that i think that's what makes him effective but something tells me that shinzo does not have that level of combat prowess in him like, yeah it's like straight up hand to hand but the fact he's got the wraps now is pretty sick um and i just i want to circle back to this because i don't think we talked about it and it's been so long since we heard him but his shinzo sounds like his voice actor sounds so cool yeah like, his, like the character I forgot how he sounded like i wouldn't yeah, think no, is that really too. how he sounds yeah, and that's just it. Like, like he is such a good character. So I think he's, yeah, he's gonna be a total badass throughout this entire thing. And we've already seen it. Like, I mean, you can tell he's kind of struggling already because he's just like he just hasn't had the experience. But the man is prepared. I mean, he is ready to show off, and I'm I'm stoked for that. Now, I I just want to call out though is his his new mask or whatever seems like something that after watching the first season of My Hero, someone on YouTube was like, listen, guys. I know how to make him good. Don't worry. We'll give him a mask. It could uh, it, it imitates voices and because it, it just sounds like one of those, right? Like it it's it sounds a little silly, but it's really cool in practice. It looks so cool. I don't yeah. know how I feel about being able to see his teeth through the mask. Oh no, it's I don't like, like a that. little see-through. I, I wish like it that. was just like matte black. Yeah. But like the fact that yeah, it's yeah. kind of see-through, not a big fan of that. But that's my only gripe with it, because overall it's so cool. He kind of has like little knobs on the side to adjust how it like actually fits on his face and all that. Like it's cool overall, but just make that thing man like matte black, and we're we're at all better on that. I've noticed that they're doing a lot of side shots, and that's probably deliberate because they don't want to see that. You want to see like the side angle of like him just like because like the features on the side of it are super angular and like rigid and stuff like that, which makes it look cool, it's, like super cool, right? So yeah, um, yeah. And I, I think the group that they put him in are a good one too. We didn't talk too much about it, but that's what I'm excited about is put him in right away. Let's see if he's actually going to be able to stand up with class one a. And then once you got a little bit of experience, then you give him another showdown against Deku. I think it was a really good way to do it. That like, yep, let's get him in, get you guys refreshed on who he is and what he's going to be able to do. And then you get a couple of fights to do over like, Oh God, yeah. what is he going to do to Deku? How is Deku going to be thinking that? I'm sure we'll see that in the upcoming episodes. Deku's planning of how to fight against Shinzo now. So I think that's going to be really cool. It's a really good how they introduced him back in and where they're using him in these fights. 
Yeah, I think putting him at the very end is the most interesting possible because like you were saying, Deku is all about like the analytics of like he, like quirks and being able to study them. And he gets not only the opportunity that he, that he first fought Shinzo uh, back a couple seasons ago, but he also gets to study him now too and figure out what he's going to do. So I think the most interesting is seeing you know Shinzo at his full power right now versus Deku after he has prep time. So mm. it is going to be a really good fight. I completely agree. But I think that transitions pretty well into who we think is the plus ultra reward for this episode. For those of you that do not know, the plus ultra reward is a weekly award we do each and every week of the anime where we pick one character that went beyond win plus ultra and we believe stood out for this specific episode. And then we'll add them all up at the end of the season and see who win plus ultra throughout the entire season. And I think it's my turn that I've let both of you guys go first. So I'll take the lead on who I believe this week is. And I think this might be a pretty universally agreed take. It's Shinzo. I mean, not only is he now badass enough to try to get into the hero course, so he's going to do this joint training, the mask, his outfit, the binding wraps all look badass. And Class 1A pretty much lost that fight until um, Shin... I mean, the fight's not over yet, but looked like Class A was about to lose until Shinzo now has complete control of Sasquatch Man, which I'm sure they did not expect that to happen at all because they pretty much said like, oh, just don't answer Shinzo's questions and you're going to win. Like, nah. Shinzo's like, nah, fuck that. You're mine now. So, easy plus ultra. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I think it's... I think only a fool would pick someone besides Shinzo. So, I'm going to pick Shinzo, and I'm ready for James to prove uh, prove himself. Yeah, James is going to pick, like, Bakugo for the outfit or something like that. <laughs> I, I, no, it's, it's definitely Shinzo f- for sure, for, like, all reasons previously mentioned. But I want to give an honorable mention for Monoma being the absolute shit heel that class 1b needs you need somebody to stir the pot and he does it almost like to perfection he He, is the he is so good at it he straight up brought the documents with him (laughs) right yeah he brought (laughs) proof dude he brought proof and like he got in their head i i just i I love how good monoma is at it and they just they always double down on him like being this kind of shithead so i i think he just deserves an honorable mention but of course it is it is shinzo shinzo like he said he's at the start line now he's made it there that's pretty heroic you know a guy coming from normal course making it into the hero course and like you know we've gone over it like a thousand times like he has the premier villain quirk but he's trying to be a good guy right so definitely definitely gets him definitely gets him the plus ultra award all right, so we'll add that up, but I think that pretty much gives Shinzo the lead, considering we gave him three in one episode, this first Universal one, but we'll be back next week with that. But going on towards the end of the episode, we do not have a bulletin board update, unless either one of you did. I just checked it, and it does look empty this week. But if anyone does want to be included on there, we can make sure to put that on there for you, just sending it in an email to contact at poppedoff.com or DMing us on any of our social media platforms, TikTok, Class 1A Pod, Instagram, Class 1A Pod, Twitter, Class 1A Pod, or YouTube is just Class 1A. So leave comments, questions, anything like on all those, and we'll make sure to include those in the episodes. But hopefully next week we'll have something to talk through there. But with that, that is going to be the wrap-up. And I already got our social media handles out of the way. So thank you all so much for tuning into this week's episode of the Class 1A Podcast. We cannot wait to dive back into Episode 4 next week where the fights actually begin. So thanks so much for all of you that tuned in, and we will see you guys next time.